The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome to Cancel Too Soon, the home game. <laughs> Tell them what they've won, Johnny. You've won a pilot episode for a bonus podcast that we'll record on Patreon if our Patreon subscribers vote for it. This is exclusive for our Patreon subscribers for two days, then it's released upon the rest of the world for everyone to enjoy. Thank you, Don Pardo. I'm Johnny Miller. And, uh, and uh, my name is William Bibiani. I'm oh, a film okay. critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Yeah, do that more announcerly. More and, uh, my name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. Over to your host, William Bibiani. This podcast is already annoying. <laughs> um, one of the things we get asked about a lot on Cancel Too Soon, the show where we re- review TV series lasted only one season or less, uh, is uh, about uh, reality shows and game shows. Game shows, basically. A variety of forms. Mm-hmm. Trivia shows, bizarre race shows, anything that involves competition and not really scripted entertainment. Um, and, and typically a cash prize. Usually a cash prize or mm-hmm. some sort of reward at the end for the people uh, who just come onto the show, do some fun stuff, and then it's over. And we've done one on the show proper, mm. but we thought it would be fun to propose a bonus podcast that's specifically focused on defunct TV game shows. Maybe they only lasted one season, maybe they lasted a long time, but now history has said bye-bye to them. Mm. Um, either way, it's this whole weird chapter of TV history, much of it kind of half-assed and lowbrow, some of it's super weird and creative, some and of it the- just bizarre. Yeah. Watching every single episode of a game show the same way we would a scripted TV show doesn't really provide us with more. Yeah. Um, see, seeing uh, 500 episodes of you know Jeopardy isn't going to get you a deeper insight into Jeopardy any more than five episodes would. Well, I mean, you, you, you know you, the rules of the game. You'll know more, but you you'll you're know able more to and you, talk you, about you, it. You after can tr- five. Maybe you can track the arc of a show, especially in like a Jeopardy that's been on for decades, but. Yeah, there, there's once you have sort of the the gist of it, mm-hmm. and you know who the host is, and you know the personality of the show, rarely changes in game shows. So this would be a good way to get a good cross section of a wide swath of game shows. Yeah, uh, rather than necessarily having to sit through 500 episodes of something. Besides Jeopardy or Wheel mm-hmm. of Fortune or like the really big famous ones, what was your favorite game show mm-hmm. growing up? Or, or oh, well, like that, that's gone. That's quite easy. Double Dare. Ah. When I was a kid, I was really, really keen on Double Dare, which I only learned recently was a Nickelodeon show. I actually watched it uh, when it was syndicated in network TV. But yeah, a, a guy named Mark Summers hosted this show. It was a quiz show for kids. Uh, he'd ask you a question. If you didn't know the answer, you could say dare, which and it went over to your pair, the pair of your opponents. Mm-hmm. If they didn't know, the, and the cash value went up. Mm-hmm. If they answered it, they got the cash value that was increased. If they didn't know it, they could say double dare and send it back to you. And if you answered it then, you got an even more inflated challenge. Uh, Prize. Prize. Prize but money. If you still didn't if know If you it. still didn't know, you could still earn that money if you said 
physical challenge and you could do essentially uh something really disgusting on stage to earn that money like like but in, take a, a, in a competition slide through a pool of slime yeah or, or like re- reach your hand up like a gigantic nose full of like a novelty snot and grab something out and that way you get it and the physical challenges was why you went you didn't care about the trivia and no one gave a crap you wanted to go on that show you wanted to accept the physical challenge, and you wanted to, like, slide around in a giant greasy taco or ride in a hot dog and cover your opponent with, like, fake novelty mustard or something. Like, theoretically, you'd kick butt on that <laughs> show if you just knew the answers to all of the questions, but that's like playing truth or dare and always picking truth. Like, <laughs> technically, you can do that, yeah. but why? And then the winning team, who got the most number of questions right at the end, got to go through, like, a snot obstacle course. It like, was cool. You have to, like, dig through, like, 12 different challenges that were all covered in glop. It was, yeah. like, the messiest possible show for me my favorite when mm. i was growing up that has long since gone it was an mtv game show called remote control oh that's great remote control if you don't remember remote control it looked like, like a gen t- x jeopardy yeah so it was a uh, it was a trivia show mostly uh, and it was about tv trivia and at the final challenge was you had to recognize tv shows in rapid succession whoever mm. recognized the most shows with only like a few frames or whatever they they would win uh-huh. but in addition to just being in my wheelhouse, <laughs> because I was a kid and I loved TV, um, I loved the aesthetic of it because it looked like it took place in like um, like like a, like a basement from Blade Runner, but that was designed by Nerf. Like it was just really friendly but futuristic and and weirdly like wires it was, pulled out. Like you were inside a TV. It, it, it was, was crazy. Like, it was like if Nirvana built Pee Wee's Playhouse. It kind of kind of. <laughs> Part grunge, part cartoon. My point is that we have a lot of affection for these old game shows that went a little bit beyond spin and wheel, answer a question, or guess mm. a letter. Um, and indeed, some of them are kind of bizarre historical footnotes. So when it came down to decide which show we should record <laughs> for our pilot, we realized that if only because we're kind of notorious for being the show that rediscovered the 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage, the show in which Donald Trump buys a haunted mansion in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and teams up with the ghost of a black pirate to solve mysteries using a sci-fi superboat. We uh, we found the game show version of that. Kind of. <laughs> well. Donald Trump. Do- the perhaps real, you've heard of him. The real Donald Trump. He had a game At real show. Donald Trump. He had a game show that ran from September 10th, 1990 through September 6th, 1991. Not The Apprentice, like a quiz show mm-hmm. that actually uh, uh, filmed at Trump... Ca- Taj Mahal Casino in Atlantic City. Well, it was at the time, I believe it was called the Trump Castle. It was his casino in Atlantic City. Yeah. Uh, oh, now, now I believe it's called the Golden Nugget. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was a game show. It was a game show that was uh, basically taken wholesale from a British game show called Bob's Full House. And it was called Trump Card. It's fast-paced. It's unpredictable. It's Trump Card. Don't miss Trump Card with Jimmy Cephalo. It's also a lot of fun. Weekdays at 4 on Channel 10. Donald Trump, at one point, because he is a litigious fellow and believes his name is the most valuable thing in the world, uh, once sued to get to uh, obtain the rights to the phrase Trump card. Yeah, some even of us- though the phrase predates him. Yeah, Trump card is it's a term in card playing. Yeah. Uh, Trump cards were, uh, at the time, they were being sold as kind of a business card kind of thing, like a yeah, special kind of business a card. Busi- uh, Trump business cards. Yeah, they were called Trump cards. They were mm. the best kind of cards you could get. And Trump was just like, hey, I'm Trump. And he sued, and he had to, like, they, they basically, he forced them to, like, cut him in on the deal. 
He didn't yeah. actually do anything. He just like, well, my name's get, Trump, so fuck it. So give me royalties now. Yeah. Because that's the way he makes money is... Kind of, Somehow? Really, honestly, and on the up and up, for sure. <laughs> and... Uh, it, it, it seems like to me like if he, he like got in on this deal and he learned this phrase Trump card, I'm not sure if you even like grew up knowing what that phrase was. I'm sure it's, it'd come up. It's it's difficult to see. It's difficult to tell what that guy knew, but um, he probably said that's a great name for a game show. So he farmed this out. He didn't really think up the idea. He sort yeah. of he got uh, what was the name of the creator of. Uh- uh, the, uh, the original uh, creator was, uh, hold on, Bob's Full House. Of Bob's Full House. Yeah, it was, who was it? Didn't write down the Oh, okay. The creator, creator of Bob's Full House, anyway, was hired by the, the Trump, admi- Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> the Trump Foundation. Would it really surprise you? Uh, Terry Martell. Terry Martell was hired Terry by the, the Trump Foundation to update it. Yeah. Uh, for, and call it Trump Card. And by update it, we mean put Trump on it. And like so, it's the same show, literally the same same mm, rules, mm, same everything, different hosts, different location. Uh, it's the same show, and it was hosted by a football player named Jimmy Cephalo, Cephalo who um, is a charisma black hole. <laughs> He's not a good person to host a game show. Yeah, you need someone in a game show, especially a straightforward game show. Like Alex Trebek is an exception to this because he just gets out of the way. Yeah. He knows it's all about the trivia, because Jeopardy is all about the trivia. Mm. But most game shows have a lot of like downtime and dead space, and you need someone with a bright personality. They don't have to necessarily be telling jokes. They just have to be charismatic and keep uh, yeah. your attention. And, and high energy. Yeah. yeah. And that's not Jimmy Cephalo. Mm. Like, usually you get like a stand-up comic to do something like this. Or, 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 an, or an actor, or just somebody who has a lot of screen presence. Yeah, and he's just... Talking at the camera. Mm. Jimmy Cephalo was, I believe, a receiver for the Mariners. He was a football player. He ended up doing color commentary for the NFL. I believe his family actually like owns like a, like a vineyard, and he ended up like hosting like a radio show about food and fine wine. So <laughs> good for him. I have nothing against him, but like he's really not interesting to watch. Yeah. At all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And th- there's also a spokesmodel on the show who does very little. Yeah, Debbie um, Massey. Debbie Massey. Who is just brought on... I, I hope... Because we watched the first two episodes. Hmm. I would hope as the series went on, because it went on for a while, it ran for about a year, um, that they gave her something to do. Because it's not like... Wheel of Fortune, where Vanna Fen- White Fen- has... kind of the co-host. She's yeah. kind of the co-host, but they all, she also has something consistently to do. She turns the letters. Initially, mm. they had to physically turn the letters. Now she just presses the thing, and you realize they don't really need her. But, like, she's there, and but, that's the thing. Like, so, like, she I, had... I, I feel like you need two hosts for, for Wheel of Fortune. You do, because there's a lot of dead space there, and it gives yeah. you someone to look at. But my point is, is that she serves a function on the show. There's a reason she's there. Mm. Um, or, like, uh, when... Uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel was co-hosting When Ben Stein's Money. Mm. Like, Ben Stein would do uh, the questions, and then Ben Stein would join uh, the team and actually play. Ah, and, and Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy, would, it, would And you needed Jimmy Kimmel then, to ask yeah. the question. You need two people on that. Um, here, we don't need two people. She uh-huh. doesn't have anything to do. She doesn't have anything to present. She doesn't and, have anything indeed, to contribute. She's just there, and you feel kind of bad for her. She seems mm. nice. And indeed, the rules to the game are really, really simple. We can re- simple yet needlessly complicated. Uh, need- have you noticed that? So, yeah, they explain the rules to you. Essentially, round one. There's three rounds. Mm-hmm. Round one, three contestants. Uh, first to five wins, more or less. Uh, yeah. Um, first to answer five questions. Yeah. Um, I think the first to answer four questions. 
uh, has the corners of like. Here's how it works. Okay. No, you're making it weird. Okay. Right. It's basically a trivia game. You answer trivia questions. That's yeah. all you're really required to do. What is trying to be novel about it is that on the front of your podium, you know, like you're on Jeopardy, you see their names written out on their yeah. podium. The front of your podium is like a bingo card with a bunch of numbers on it. And mm. the idea is that the people at home would, or people in the audience would have a bingo card and they'd be like crossing it out. So it's kind of interactive, but yeah. they never really play with that. Um, and the idea is that every time you get a question right, like one of those cards gets covered and whoever covers their whole bingo card first mm. Wins. Also wins a prize. Well, they win. They win the round, but they actually they win. To, they get a chance to the last round, which mm. is a solo round, which is just nothing but them answering questions. Mm. Um, and that's it. That's not actually that interesting. The only other thing they add are trump cards. Mm. And in the second round onward, everyone gets a trump card. And what happens well, to the trump it's, card? It's just the second round because the third round's a solo round. Oh, you're right. My the second round's yeah. long though. Yeah. Uh, in the second round, you're given a trump card. It's a big square with a T on it. Mm. And the Trump card, literally, it's just a way to screw over your opponent. Like that's what Donald. That's the Donald Trump touch on this. Is you put a, <laughs> you screw over your opponent by putting you know the symbol for Donald Trump on their podium means that they have to try harder to beat you. They, they have to. Well, it, it. They have to answer a question to make the card go away, and then they can advance on their own. Card. Basically, so they put, have to answer a, one extra question. It puts you a question behind. Yeah, um, and then in the last round. Uh, and this this round is actually kind of interesting, kind uh, of. because there's actually like a, a tiny bit of strategy involved. You're given a five by five bingo card, essentially mm-hmm. numbers one through twenty five on it. You're handed a number that you can put a single bingo mark at random, yeah, and it covers one of those numbers at random with a bingo marker. And your goal is to every single one of those squares on that oh. five by five is represented by a question, and you have one minute to answer questions and create a line, like in Connect Four, in this case, Connect Five. Yeah, that. Up, down, diagonal, uh, side to side. Um, and if you do that, you win the big grand prize. And I think mm. you win up to $15,000. Ten, ten grand was the, the big prize at the end of round yeah. three. What I, uh, uh, and it sounds like there might be a little bit of strategy involved in here because if you miss a question, that line is canceled out and you have to start well, over. That one space is canceled out. And that so, yeah. sounds like that actually might be kind of difficult. Mm. And like, you know, you have to like think about it strategically a little bit. But in the first two episodes, everyone won it really super fast because the questions aren't hard. The questions are su- – this is like ninth grade level trivia. Like That's really, really like, easy. Every once in a while there's like a pretty like deep cut sports or history question. Mm. Like you actually need to have – you need to know the name Plutarch. But like yeah. <laughs> for the most part it's like, hey, in what movie does Jack Nicholson burst through a wall with an axe and say, here's Johnny? Like, yeah. oh, it's five easy pieces. Five easy pieces. <laughs> no, wrong. Ah! Yeah, they're not – the challenge is the speed. That's mm-hmm. the only thing this show really has going for it. Because the, the trivia questions are super e- super easy, and you have to be able to answer the most the quickest. So, of course, they answer, like, really easy questions. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if it were, they were a little bit harder, but say love. We me. always see this fantasy they're, they're in, like, f- movies of, like, actually hard quiz shows. Yeah. Like, in Magnolia, where, like, hey, what is the yeah. airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow, as specifically mm. written down in Encyclopedia Britannica in 1973, mm. which turned out to be wrong and had to be corrected in 1974. <laughs> that never happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People in the audience want to feel smart. They want to be able to kind of answer those questions. Yeah. It's like Jeopardy. I can answer, I don't know, a third to two thirds, depending on my day. If you I'm know? familiar with the category, I'll answer most, if not all of them. If yeah. I don't know the category at all, I can probably get a couple. Mm-hmm. 
that's a good ratio. But Jeopardy it's, is again about being smart, again, not just about being fast. I was able to answer, ju- I think, all but maybe two questions just faster than the contestants on Trump Card. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's three contestants. They try to screw each other over in round two. The survivor of the first two rounds goes on to round three. He wins $10,000. It's pretty easy. So it's easy to see why Trump Card didn't last forever because it's actually like super duper mega generic. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems the, like really half-assed, like it was built with lazy materials. And they uh, they try to update, the, they give it sort of the Donald Trump aesthetic in that everything's gold. Mm. Um, but Do- the Trump fortune, by the way, in case you didn't know, began during the gold rush. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's so enamored of gold. It's because that's where his money comes that's from. It's also just symbolic of wealth, and he's very uh, yeah, much about yeah, appearances. Yeah. He puts his name on everything. Mm, yeah, so Donald Trump shows up in the first episode. He, he introduces it, and he could not be more disengaged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he comes he, he, out. He's clearly on something. Yeah, Cephalo is just like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the nonstop game of knowledge mm-hmm. brought to you by Mr. Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes out, people, there's, a, there's applause, mm-hmm. you know, not like, you know, Trump rally applause, but people know the name and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. Trump. <laughs> well, the, and this, this, this was when he was a joke and we'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is that he has two lines. Hmm. He says two things. He has only two sentences to remember or read off a teleprompter, and he stumbled over the word intelligent. <laughs> like, that was great. That was really funny. So, like, he, he, what he says is, uh, it's an intelligent and challenging game, or rather, it's an intelligent and challenging game. Thanks, thanks, Christopher Walken. <laughs> and in the great tradition of America, if you're smart and persevere, there's a good chance You'll come out on top, mm. and then and then Zephalo says, and he just he sounds like a crony in like a Disney movie, mm-hmm. like ah, good, well said, boss, <laughs> good job, Mister Chubb. <laughs> he says, I certainly agree with that, Donald. And Donald says, like kind of cryptically and threateningly, I hope so. Like, <laughs> what's gonna happen to Jimmy Cephalo? <laughs> oh my God! You, you know what happens when you screw up, don't you? <laughs> now, um. Yeah, and that's the on- his only association with the show besides the name. Yeah, he, and- he 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 doesn't bother to show up every episode. He doesn't present with the the prize money. He's not, I don't even think he's in the he's, credits. He's just sort of there. He, yeah, he's not an executive producer on the show. It's just his name. It's at his. I imagine I can see the appeal of having a game show that shoots at a casino with some sort of audience interaction. Yeah, because that's something fun. Hey, what you want to go there filming that game show downstairs? Oh, yeah, so we can like win a hundred bucks. Consider consider like you're you're a tourist in Las Vegas. Yeah. And one of the shows is a game show, and you might win like fifty dollars. It's like okay, sure. It's called, you know just more gambling in Vegas. That's fine. And yeah, so the. When you're in the audience watching it live, it would be a little more exciting because there is some audience interaction. They don't mention the audience interaction that much in the TV broadcast version. Mm -hmm. So it's just this weird sort of distracting aside. It's like, oh, and by the way, there's an audience game. Wait, no. So did somebody win just now? Do we win? Like, how do we? Can we play along with that? You should put that on the screen. Like, on TV Guide, like in the ad for Trump Card, they should give you, like, your Play along card or something. Yeah, like, that's actually... Kind of fun, mm. actually. I, I like the idea of like having like a home mm. game in the middle of the actual game. Mm. Like that's actually not a bad idea. I, I I was on a game show that did that. You were on a game show. I was on a game show. Which game show were it's you? It's called on? Trivial Pursuit. America plays. Wow. Yeah. That, this that, was. Is that available somewhere? Do we watch that? Uh, maybe. I don't know if it is. <laughs> oh my God. It, it don't, that only lasted a season. It was oh. a failed game show. No, so, we have to record. We have ho- to review that someday. Hosted by one of the Brady kids. But the the trivia <laughs> question they crowdsourced the trivia in that show. Oh no. So the the questions were asked by like Joe Schmo off the street. 
Oh my god! Well, that's fun. <laughs> the first episode is you know the first episode of any show, especially something that's done live. There's going to be a couple of kinks to work out. Mm. Uh, but like the first episode, there's a bunch of things that go a little wrong. Like Donald Trump has like two lines and stumbles. Mm. Uh, Cephalo introduces the first person. It was uh, Debbie Perzon. It's mm. pronounced person. <laughs> yeah, he uh, mispronounces their the and first name. <laughs> they. Uh... You're fil- you can stop filming, you know. This is it wasn't a live show. <laughs> you can just edit that. It can do another take. Well, I mean, it was live in front of an audience, but like they're not going to give a shit. Yeah, like, just ADR that shit. Something yeah. you can tell she's a little mildly embarrassed for him yeah. too. Like it's really kind of sad. And he asks a question. It's like, and how'd you do? I did fine. And there's like a, an awkward silence that lasts both like three seconds and three eternities. It's just. <laughs> Get, get on with it. Every Jeez. time he tries to banter, it's really sad. Like when the guy who like wins and gets to the, like the final round and mm. wins because the last round is too easy, uh, he's like, "Okay, so this is a good job, young mm. man. You know, you're gonna go to tuition. I see you have some friends with you in the audience, mm. and uh, uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're my friends right there. This is Steve. He drove and well, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Steve, and, he drove. I, I don't know. Like, and and he's just like, well, I guess." you win you're you're buying dinner tonight and this is like ha, ha, ha. no i'm just kidding they're buying dinner what what <laughs> that's, they, that's... he won he won a game yeah. show and they were supportive Actually, he should buy dinner I, I wrote down my favorite quote after the after the first uh or no because it was the second episode uh the questions might have been kind of easy and this is his way of acknowledging that and he says to the guy after he wins and he's like holding up his big check is like or I guess it's not a check. He hands him cash. Yeah, like, on the Trump game show, they just hand you wads of cash, and he doesn't. He doesn't even like present it in some sort of dramatic way. Yeah, just he just sort of, sort of slips it to you. Like, yeah, it's like, looks like under the table. Like you don't have to declare this. No, I, I know. On on like you bet your life. Like just handing him cash. That was part of the joke. It's like mm-hmm. okay, you earn some cash. Here you go. Just take it. And then, yeah. yeah, that that they did it so casually was a moment of humor. Yeah. Here it's like, what are you getting away with? It's a game show. You're on camera. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> They should do is they should yeah. do that thing in like restaurants where like you hand it to them and like a handshake, oh, like a handshake, like, and <laughs> like really. slide, and then like oh it's yeah. a single, yeah sure. you're gonna wait, <laughs> you're gonna wait here in the lobby. There's a little something for your troubles. It's money. <laughs> <laughs> but what he says to the guy, he hands him his cash. He says a lot of people out there probably knew the answers to those questions, but I didn't just hand them thirteen thousand dollars of money. <laughs> He actually says $13,000 of money. Well, what he says, well it's, it's a good thing he clarified that because oh. he also says he also says to the to the guy uh, to Dwayne mm. uh, he says uh, I think he was the winner of the first episode and you know Dwayne all the money you win on Trump card you get to take home with you. As I to the, hope so. <laughs> like, we're going to collect that at the door. As opposed to Jeff Bezos, who's keeping all those taxes for himself. Sorry, sorry, politics. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and every time he answers a question, too, like, everything Jimmy Cephalo has to say is, like, mm. kind of sad. Like, he's like, okay, you, you got your question right. We've covered the number 23 on your card. And? Like, I can see it on their thing, like, yeah. I don't care, it doesn't, like, I'm not trying to get an X on my card here, mm. I'm just trying to get, like, 16 questions right, or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Well, so but when, it when, really... he, when he was counting down, like, in the second round, when you have to get 15 questions, your first of 15 questions, um, he would say how many you have remaining, it's like, you, know, you have three remaining, you have two remaining, you know, he's he was actually really good at keeping the pace during that moment, mm. that was his one talent. Just keep it going fast. Yeah, he, was, he was able to keep it going fast, he didn't stumble over the questions too bad. Um, 
Yeah. It was Although fine. He, he did mention the, uh, part one of the conceits of the game is you have to choose a category, and there's only a finite questions in each of the four categories. Uh-huh. And they ran out of one, and they he ran, just chose they ran, the category for him. The, well, they ran out of one. He said, "I'm going to choose a different category." And he said, "Well, it's a good thing because we were out of questions." Another, it's just move on, dude. We yep. know that. You know, we're, we're fast enough to figure this out. Did you notice? And I think it was in the first one where they actually had a really bizarre moment where they thought the contestant got the answer wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. The question was, on what day... Mm-hmm. I've never that. Okay. On what day does the Ides of March fall? Mm-hmm. And the person buzzed, and they mm-hmm. said the 15th. Uh-huh. Long pause. Of March? Like, yes, we needed the exact date. You said you March. Said, uh, you said of March. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what day is the Ides of March? The 15th of August. What? No. No! <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong! <laughs> the banter with the contestants is usually death in any game show. Have you noticed that? It's like, oh, oh like, Ricky is here. Mm. He's he's from Bacoima, California. Ricky, oh. I hear you had a stamp collection once. Sure did. Was it good? Nope. Moving on. Yeah. Like, that's about as interesting as it usually gets. So you look he, for, like, had, one fun anecdote. He asked for one guy's like, and you were in a band, huh? Yep. What was it called? It was called Fred the Band. I looked up Fred the Band. <gasps> were they any good? Couldn't find him. Uh, there, there, there are other bands that are just called Fred, but I doubt... I couldn't find that guy's Fred the Band. My favorite was in the second episode. They had a guy who has, like, a comic book collection. Like, a big comic book collection. Uh-huh. And they asked this guy, like, do you have a special comic book? One comic book is particularly important to you? Mm. The guy says, yeah, I have a comic book that was published the month I was conceived. Mm. Not you were born, you were Not conceived. Conceived! It, you, could, you could have left that. Like, the, the, <laughs> a skilled host would have said... That's quite interesting, you know, and leave the subtext there. Yeah, but Jimmy pushes it. J- Jimmy says, the month you were conceived, eh? Yep, the month I was conceived. Not born, huh? Nope, month I was conceived. So, so your parents were, were effing, right? Yeah, and first off, yeah, I'm going to say right yeah, now, yeah. speaking of someone who is, who is like, collected comics, mm-hmm. no one, that's a weird way to categorize that. <laughs> that's some high-fidelity shit, yeah. where it's like, you have, like, I, I, my comic books are actually... Uh, organized by uh, the memory I have of uh, putting them in a plastic bag. Like, that's weird categorization. Yeah, I have them in the order I bought them, so they're all yeah. mixed up for most people, but I remember. Whatever, you know, whatever month you were conceived, a lot of comic books came out that month. Mm-hmm. That's not special. It's going to be hard to sell that. <laughs> it's like, oh, you have uh, Uncanny X-Men number 425. Well, this, oh, interesting. This was yeah, a, my, my parents had sex that month. The, the man was a young adult uh, mm-hmm. in the early 90s, so it's possible that he has a... Co- like. Amazing Fantasy Fifteen, like nineteen sixty three was when a lot of that, comics. Was, you, know, you would say that you have for, Amazing Fantasy Fifteen. For those who aren't comic savvy, that's the first appearance of Spider Man in the comics worth tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, more than that! Like it's a it's a, one of the more expensive comics. Yeah, um, because people actually there's a lot of rare comic books out there. Like mm. you know, like there's only like two of these left in the world. Mm. But that doesn't mean there's demand for them. Yeah. So they're not necessarily, even though they're worth a certain amount, actually selling them can often be quite difficult. Mm. Um, but yeah, Amazing. Fantasy 15, you have one of those in any condition, you're getting a fair amount of money for that. Yeah, yeah. If you have a mint condition, you're good. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about shit. Yeah, you're go, fine. Go to Sotheby's, get a house. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, the categories are things like, they run from really simple like movie quotes uh-huh. uh, or initials. 
uh, things with initials in them. And, and then the they came gangster to the ga- nicknames. Gangster nicknames was cute, actually. I'm like, that's yeah. actually a fun category. And then there was a second, which stuff that came in second place. Mm. I'm like, a pilot episode of a Trump game show? You did not run that by him. <laughs> that does not mean his, his, his aesthetic, we like, winning at all. and winning and winning. Oh, my God. And then... At first, I was like, "This is just a boring show. Like, uh-huh. it's, not, it, it's it's weird in its construct." And then there was like, because as with One Hundred Lives of Blackjack Savage, even though that wasn't directly involved with Trump, but directly inspired by Trump, the protagonist uh-huh. is clearly based on Trump in every conceivable way. And as a result, it got really weirdly sexist and racist, <laughs> and it just sort of leaks in. Yeah, it? it was so weird. And then there was just one question in the second episode of trump card uh-huh. that was just plain racist <laughs> like it le- uh, not, not so some like, racist wording was it, used it's the sort of thing where it's just like it's the kind of thing your like embarrassing great-grandfather would say and you're yeah. amazed anyone like to hear it said out loud even though it was mm. probably there was a time well, when, when that when, wouldn't have raised an eyebrow it, it was would, really weird it's like uh, my mom likes to tell a story on on my grandmother who you know was raised during an era where more racist language was just sort of the common phrasage yeah and, and they had to train her not to say the phrase colored people yeah like at some point in the 60s like you, you mom, mom you can't that's, say that that's, anymore that's, that's bad. not cool it was never cool but like uh, now it's not even not, like, like even remotely socially it, acceptable it was never cool before now it's really really not cool and you know what to my grandmother's credit, she stopped immediately. Good so, for her. Yeah. So uh, in this one, and I apologize. Mm. Uh, uh, and the, granted, this isn't like the most racist thing ever, but it's it's not good. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, uh, the question was fourth in career home ones. Uh, ones home runs. Fourth in career home runs. This uh. Hall of Famer became the first black to manage a major league baseball <laughs> team. Oh my god! <laughs> Just the first black person. Not, not black person. Wow. <laughs> No, th- this was 1990, and you know, a- African American was not common phraseology yet. Uh, it, increasingly, it was, it, it, increasingly, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, it would okay if it would be okay. I wouldn't bristle if they had simply said "black person." Yeah, that would that would that wouldn't have but, been terrible. But like, yeah, this is really dehumanizing. Yeah, actually, yeah. like they just took all the person mm. out of that. <laughs> like all like the and they just wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is also uh, the episode in which uh, the black contestant who ends mm-hmm. up winning and like destroying everything. Like he just winning by a handy margin. He, oh, he yeah. was given two trump cards and he overcame them both. Yeah, the two white guys <laughs> both t- like gang up on the black guy yeah. and both like try to screw him over because he's too smart. Black guy ends up getting out of there, winning the game. Winning and the then, game in five questions. He gets nothing wrong in re- round three. Oh yeah. In round three, five which is supposed five. to be like the, which is the reason why round three is like uh-huh. a problem round. It's basically just, okay, yeah, you need to uh, get these five questions right. And he gets them right in, like, 13 seconds. Mm. It's like a boring game show. Good for him, because he gets a lot of money, but, like... That's a boring episode of television. That, he, he earned, yeah, he earned like I think it was twelve thousand dollars in that episode, and that's yeah. nineteen ninety dollars. So that Which can is, get a lot. That's pretty good. Yeah. I would, I, today, and it was cash. 12, they just handed cash. Because interesting, there's like two kinds of game shows. There's game shows that'll give you a million dollars, and then there are game shows that give you five hundred dollars, and it's worth mm-hmm. getting out of bed for that. And then there's like the ones like in the middle, uh-huh. like where it's just like yeah. Like, Twelve thousand dollars. That's that's pretty I, good, right? They'll, when, they'll pay your taxes. That's not bad. When uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire first debuted, mm. I hated it because of its construct. They had one contestant, one host, and they were asked 
really easy multiple choice questions, and they had an option for help. On multiple three, cho- options, three for options for help and multiple choice questions, and the ultimate grand prize was one million dollars. Yep. And they they tried to play up the drama by like reading the questions really slow, and they sat in this big, wide, dark studio, and there's spotlights and on you. Can you can know, tell that all the really contestants were music in the background. You can tell that all the contestants were encouraged, maybe not coached, but encouraged to milk it. Yeah, like, and ooh, like I just really I don't just say the one, answer. But yeah, even if you know the answer, don't just say the answer. Yeah. Talk out your thought process. Mm. It's like because, if you've ever seen the movie Quiz Show, that, yeah. that sort of thing. You know, don't don't and wipe your forehead. Dab it. Bro- blot your forehead. Yeah. Wiping is no good. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, here I am, a fan of Jeopardy, a show where you have to know, like, what happened in, El, you know, what was the capital of El Salvador in the ninth century? It's like, oh, well, people know this kind of stuff about the history of El Salvador, you know, th- that area of the world in the ninth century. And the grand prize is if you do really well, maybe 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. If, no, that's, that's if, very respectable. If you, if you bet smartly, you can walk away with twenty grand in a single yeah. round of Jeopardy. And if you come back multiple yeah. times, you can indeed yeah. increase your winnings. But, but there's yeah. no million dollar prize in Jeopardy. Like yeah. you, even I don't think even Ken. Je- I'm not sure how much Ken Jennings won, but I don't think he even got to a million. Yeah. You can win $1 million on one round of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with simple multiple-choice questions. Like, and he, what, like why, are, why are you giving the finger to Jeopardy? Are you, like, celebrating, you know, the intelligence that these people are putting forth? Because, or? like, and again, like, th- listen, I, I will say this. Having competed on the movie Trivia Schmodown, which is not the same thing, but <laughs> it, is, it is a live competition in which your knowledge is tested. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people talk about, oh, you're under the lights. Mm. Like, the lights aren't that hot. But you are on, on like, on stage, mm-hmm. and you're expected to perform, perform for bit, other people, yeah. and you realize that even if they're not here right now, and even if you know the episode doesn't air for a couple of days or something like that, people will watch you, mm-hmm. and they will judge you if you get it wrong. So there's a little pressure. Oh. And, and who wants to be a millionaire? Like, the stage was kind of circular, so you're like in this gladiator ring, and everyone's like <laughs> looking down on you from the risers. So I'm sure the pressure is on, oh. and, and it is harder... Then it looks at home at your dinner table. I'm confident of that yeah. 100%. And yeah, every once in a while, you'll just get a question that's something that you, a movie you haven't seen. That's true. Or a it's, book it's, you haven't read. The, or, the, the one that you know all of your friends and, know, but you don't know. And aren't yeah. you glad in that instance that yeah. you had the, multi, you know, take two out of there, call mm. a friend, pull yeah. the audience, something. Aren't you glad? At the same time, a million dollars, those questions? One million dollars. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a pain. Anyway, we're not talking a lot about Trump Card because it was such a bland show. There's not yeah. really much more to say about this other than to um, revisit what we said during our 100 Lives of Blackjack Savage episode in that where was Donald Trump in 1990? And Donald Trump in 1990 was, was a punchline. And for many, many years, he was a punchline. He came up during the big yuppie era. He was this big, powerful mm. mogul who bragged about being dishonest in his book, The Art of the Deal. He's one of those people who was famous for being famous. Yeah, like, after a while, other than he's rich, you don't know why you know you know him. Yeah, he didn't He didn't produce anything. Uh-huh. Like, he had a lot of buildings, buildings but, he, but he wasn't, like, known for... Like they weren't great buildings. His, they, yeah, they weren't they were the particularly tallest building in the world. Or he he claimed they were tall, but <laughs> you know, it's been disproven time and time again that he lies constantly about his the size of his buildings or his wealth. Yeah, and he was constantly caught about how much he lied and how much he actually had and how many times he went bankrupt, which you know, well, I mean, multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, almost all of one. Of, 
every one of his business ventures has failed in some spectacular way. Mm. Um, you know. Well, that, that's I'm not 100 percent sure about the ratio on that. But if you look at the list, there's a lot. There's yeah, yeah like, there's a lot. Like first time you had yourself a Trump steak, steaks, universities, vodkas, board games, just all of these things just tanked and. Uh, as a result, you know, you saw him on like be- being made fun of on parody TV all the time. You know, people called him the Donald kind of as as a way of making fun of him mm-hmm. to mock this silly blowhard yuppie that nobody liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a punchline in Mad Magazine all the time. And he was a punchline in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Yeah, he kind of goofed uh. on himself. He was in a Pizza Hut commercial. You know, he's just this goofy pop culture figure not too much different from Vanilla Ice or Mr. T. You know, he's in yeah. that realm of kitsch. And I wasn't present. I wasn't watching TV when his transformation from punchline to like viable figure with an actual voice occurred. And a lot of people said it was like he took reins of like this whole conspiracy birther movement and that's kind of what got him started on the road to politics. Well, I think honestly The Apprentice mm. put him not just on TV and in a well-rated show, like it was a mm. hit show. But uh, but it, was- it, but it put him on TV as a voice of like they edited the show to mm. make him seem like some kind of business genius. Yeah. That's what they do with all reality TV. They re-edit it in order to sort of fit whatever narrative they want to go to. I knew people who were on like dating shows uh-huh. and they ended up with the person they were on the blind date with or whoever. Uh, they ended up dating them for a while. Like uh-huh. they actually like hit it off and they dated for a while, but at the end of that show, they made it look like she totally rejected him because mm. that was a more entertaining end to it. Reality TV is a fucking lie. <laughs> so but they made the reality of The Apprentice look as though Donald Trump is this unimpeachable genius business person. <laughs> An interesting choice of words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who is just who just who knows everything. It's mm. all instinct. He is a, a golden god. Mm. And as a result, to people who were somewhat impressionable, he d- developed clout. Mm. And then he started using that clout by insinuating himself into conversations about politics. And now, here we go. But there was a time when he just threw his name on shit. And mm. one of the things he threw his name on was a British game show <laughs> that lasted quite a few years. And I watched well, an it, episode it o- of it. It only lasted one year, but it was well, a daily show. So it lasted like 150 episodes. Well, I'm a trump card Lasted only one season. The yeah. original series, oh, the original, Bob's okay, Little House, yeah. lasted uh, from 1984 to 1990. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it, it did okay. I think it was mm. a weekly show, but still, it lasted uh, uh, mm. six official seasons, uh, 109 episodes, including specials. Mm. Uh, it was hosted by a comedian named Bob Monkhouse, who hosted oh, a I lot know of Bob stuff. Monkhouse. Yeah, he hosted like the British version of like the Six Million Dollar mm. Question or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, the, the British uh, celebrity squares, Hollywood squares. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's funny. Mm-hmm. You look at him in the you look at him in the first episode. Like you can find it like a clip of it on YouTube. Like you can see him going, "Hey, this is just a game show. Mm. I better entertain the crowd," <laughs> and he does. And he makes a lot of stupid jokes, but mm. he's charming. And so you want to see, if not the trivia, you mm. want to see Bob Monkhouse. <laughs> I don't want to see Jimmy Cephalo. For all I know, he's the nicest guy in the world. For all I know, he likes mm. fine wine and foods and has a radio show about it. Good for him. I, that sounds like someone I'd, I'd chat with at a party. Oh. Especially if he hosted a game show for Donald Trump. Like, I'm sure he has stories. <laughs> but, like, he is just not host material. He's not. Yeah, yeah. You, you, do, you have to have that thing to be yeah. a game show host. And, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever that thing is, that, that it quality, he, it's definitely absent. Alas. What is it that Marty said in Marty? It's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. What do you want to do? No, he's, he's um, 
I don't know what I don't know what women want. All I know is I ain't got it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's all it's like that, but for game show yeah. hosts. So uh, Jimmy Cephalo, bless you, you tried. Um, <laughs> and bless a lot of people, they tried. Drunk Card is an adequate game show. A part of me wishes, in retrospect, mm. uh, that we had done a more outwardly bizarre game show. This is bizarre <laughs> in its existence, but like there are but other games. There are like, other with stranger rules and weirder conceits well, and all the rest. I put together yeah. like a short list of some shows that I figured that if we, if eventually after we premiere all of our pilot episodes, mm. you're going to be able to vote for which series you want to do on a regular basis on our Patreon account. Mm. And I wanted to sort of pitch you on some future episodes. So, uh, so among- to to, ta- to make you tantalized for our future okay. home for example, game episodes, we would definitely have to do an episode on Supermarket Sweep. Supermarket Sweep. Tell them about Supermarket Sweep if they don't remember it. Uh, it, it it's where you were gi- you were assigned various supermarket items and you had to charge around the studio supermarket grabbing items off the shelves and throwing them in your cart. Yeah. On a similar note, the Nickelodeon game show Finders Keepers, which was a uh, forced bunch of kids to basically trash a huge house and just try to find, like, you know, <laughs> you know oh, here's those- a clue. You have to find the thing that matches the clue, but the house is full of stuff. And it just gives you an excuse to wreck a fancy to ra- house. To ransack the house. That was fun. I I like that one. And and they wouldn't tell you what it is. It was a trivia question. There's like a riddle, and you had yeah. to find the thing that unlocked the riddle. Uh, Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. <laughs> Yay! The Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt hosted a game show. For kids. For kids! <laughs> Here's this monstrous, emaciated ghoul who frequently like hosts movies and TV to, shows with nudity and gore. Kids had to go through a haunted house obstacle course while answering trivia questions. Nice! And it was hosted by the Crypt Keeper, and it's where I go when I die if I'm very, very good. Uh, and going back further, something like Don Adams' Screen Test, where Don <laughs> Adams from Get Smart hosted a game show in which people in the audience would act out famous scenes from movies with random celebrities. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun! I want to talk fun. about that. I actually like the history of game shows. I think they're this mostly harmless, kind mm. of bizarre little quirk of television. Like I, I think they use the television medium better than scripted entertainment. Because they, they give people, if not literally, at least the potential mm. to be on the show. Like, you know, you look at something like, you know, Lost. Sorry, people at mm. home, you'll never be on Lost. But the people on these game shows, that could be you. Mm. That you could have some fun and just get to go up there, just goof around a bit, play a fun game. And the cool. com- competition is, you know, it's visceral, it's immediate, it's a lot more exciting to watch. That you know, no matter how great an, a scripted show is, they have to construct that. They have to think about sort of the cinematic aspects. This is much more simple and it's much more pure in a way, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just direct to the audience eyes. Yeah, straightforward mm-hmm. competition. It's like sports, but you, but with uh, 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 not sports. Sports with less physical activity. Well, depending on Double Dare. Mm. Well, Double Dare. <laughs> Supermarket Sweep. It's well, like some mad dashes through the not, aisles trying you can, to kill each other with your cards. You can watch stuff like American Ninja Warrior, which is like Double Dare for grown-ups, really. It's like, Double Dare for grown-ups who get amazing cardio. Yeah. Who, I've who, seen some amazing shit on that show. Who, who can lift buildings they're so strong. Yeah, it's, it's just insane <laughs> the, the shape those people are in. So, uh, everybody, thank you very much for listening to the pilot episode of Cancel Too Soon, The Home Game. Now, remember, we have three more pilots that are going to be airing throughout the month of April, and at the end, our Patreon subscribers are going to get to vote of which show we're going to keep doing exclusively for Mm. Patreon. Next week... Our pilot episode is called Average Fest. <laughs> Yay! Whitney, tell me about Average Fest. Average Fest is going to be a, po- a movie podcast devoted to the films you forgot you saw. Um, 
think back for over like the last 15 years, look at lists of films that were released in say 2004. And, uh, we're going to try to delve up the ones that maybe we've seen, maybe we haven't kind of came out. They define the exact middle of the road. Yeah. Everyone always talks about the really good movies mm, or the really bad movies, but we're talking about the ones that are just right in the middle and get frequently just evaporate into history and no one ever talks about it again. We want to, to have a conversation about something that's evaporated. We want to see if there's something in there that's worthy of talking about. Uh, If, Maybe it should be remembered as a bad film. Maybe it should. There's something in there that's worth remembering, or should it stay vapor? Our goal is to find the most mediocre movie ever. Like what, the standard by which all other the, movies the, are either better than or worse than the, this. The absolute baseline reading for cinema. Yeah, the two out of four stars. The <laughs> five out of ten. Just like it's fine, mm. but you'll for, but you'll confuse it for another movie in six months. Yeah. That's our goal, is to find that movie, the perfect mediocrity, if such a thing can exist. Uh, So that will be coming up next week. Also, don't forget, uh, Cancel Too Soon continues apace, and that next week on Cancel Too Soon, we will be reviewing John Woo's pilot for the Lost in Space reboot. Ten years ago, they tried that out. That did not work. So before you see the Netflix thing, make sure you check out this little slice of bizarre history. That's coming up next week. And, of course, this week we have William Shatner, Adam West, John Cassavetes, and Joseph Cotton in a sword and sandals 1960s failed TV pilot for Alexander the Great. It's a cool month. With Shatner as Alexander the Great. So, uh, again... Let us know if you like this show. We're going to give you an opportunity to vote for it later. Uh, by all means, in the comments, especially on our Patreon page uh, or or on our Twitter account at CancelCast, let us know what other game shows you would like us to cover if we continued this so that we could cater this to your interests if this is the show that gets picked. Thank you all for being our studio executives. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at CancelCast. And I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. 